my mom was so angry it, uh, uh, about having kids. She told us, I, I, you are not allowed to come home before dark and you're not allowed to come home after dark. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is David Richmond. David is an author, public speaker, and endurance athlete whose mission is to form more meaningful human connections through storytelling. His first book, Winning in the Middle of the Pack, discussed how to get more out of ourselves than ever imagined. With Cycle of Lives, David shares stories of people overcoming trauma and delves deeply into their emotional journeys with cancer. He continues to do Ironman triathlons and recently completed a solo 4,700-mile bike ride. So today we're doing a deep dive around starting the hard conversations about the emotional aspects of trauma. I'm speaking with David Richmond, and you're going to hear about an interesting ride, that'll make total sense later, from trauma to transformation. How do we find ourselves in these situations, and how do we do something good with something painful? We're taking it all on in this episode. Here we go. Okay, everybody, we are with David Richmond today, and we're going to be talking about starting the hard conversations about the emotional aspects of trauma. And I brought him in because not only does he have a great story for us, but uh, listen, we're all here because we're healing from some type of betrayal, whether it's of a family member, partner, friend, coworker, self, our bodies can betray us, so much more. So we'll dive right into it. Welcome, David. Hi, thank you. I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you. It's such a fascinating topic. You know, unfortunately, it's something that so many people can relate to because it's just so widespread. Can you, let's just start off with when when we say the word betrayal, what comes mm-hmm. to mind for you if, if there's a story or something you can share about why this this topic resonates? It resonates so deeply with me, which is why I was really excited to talk to you because it, it's one of those uh, uh, topics that I like to contemplate. Like, I like to contemplate heavy topics when I'm on like super long bike rides or, you know, six hour runs in the desert or something. And betrayal is one because it, it really has so many facets and betrayal, I think can't happen unless there's an element of trust that was broken. And I, and it made me think the very first betrayal I ever had was as a kid, right? My, my parents betrayed me because, um, they were 40 years age and difference and 40 uh, or zero or zero age ages. Yeah. My mom was eight. My mom was 18 when they were married. My dad was 56. So, um, uh, so, uh, you know, when I thought about what we were going to talk about, when I thought about, you know, betrayal, I go, man, you know what? It's like, anytime I put trust in something, like in the first like three decades of my life, it's like I felt betrayed. And it's like, well, uh, I, like, I didn't know it. I didn't openly know it, but I was just like, what the heck? And 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 it led me to really think about in my late 30s when I finally like picked up my head and looked in the mirror and said like, who are you and what's your purpose in life? And how are you interacting with the world? And what are you good at? What are you bad at? What are your problems? What do you need to fix? I realized I'd never one time like leaned into myself or trusted myself. So I was like the ultimate betrayer, you know, like, 
I, it was just, it was just like multi-leveled for me. And that's why I was so excited to talk to you because it's such a, it's such a fascinating uh, a topic of, of betrayal. Like you said, your, your body betrays you, your friends, yourself. And, and I, I thought, yeah, you know, I was probably the biggest, uh, uh, you know, like both a victim and the perpetrator of the betrayal. So let's back up because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by you feeling that it was a betrayal, the age difference in your, in your parents. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to bring kids into the world, right. Don't you inherently, aren't you inherently, you know, uh, carrying around a, a, a box full of trust. Like you trust that you're going to do what's right for them. You know, it's, it's just a given that you're going to try to provide them some type of guidance, mentorship, safety, um, some amount of caring and love and direction and, you know, all of that. And, I didn't have any of that. I had a mom that was so young. She, uh, she didn't want kids and really didn't like kids in the first place. And I had a dad who was too old to, to have kids and really didn't want kids. So, I mean, why would you bring kids into the world when you don't, you know, when you don't want to talk to them and they're not allowed to talk to you? And, you know, it's like it, I grew up in a, in a, in a household that was very, very, very traumatic. You know, I, I, I like to think like, the, the a perfect example of my childhood is me and my sister, eight, nine years old, uh, hiding in the bushes across the street from my house because my mom was so angry it, uh, uh, about having kids. She told us, I, I, you are not allowed to come home before dark and you're not allowed to come home after dark. And so my sister and I would hide in the bushes across the street and wait till it was exactly dark. Like the second the street lights in our in our neighborhood turned on, we'd race across the street and and, and walk in the door and hope we weren't too early or too late. Wow. Okay. You know, like so that's that's like the ultimate analogy for my for my childhood. It's 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 a perfect vision of of every single minute of every day was like that. Like not knowing, are you gonna are, are you good or are you or are you in big trouble? And that's the, so that was the action step. It's like, we have to be in the house at this exact moment, but there's so much more going on. You know, what did you make that mean? What did your sister make that mean? What did you interpret from that? Oh, that we, we are never, we are never safe to be ourselves. We didn't even know who we were, right? We were never safe. It was never, there was never a moment where we felt safe, right? Because mm -hmm. you could literally uh, ABC would be laid out on the table and you could be praised for it or ABC would be laid out on the table and you could get beat up for it, you know? And it's like, you don't know, like, and that's the one thing that kids need, right? I mean, that's the one, the one thing that kids need is just safety. They just need to be able to be, cause they don't know any better. Kids don't know. They don't, they don't know. They don't, they don't understand the, the greater cosmic interactions of good and bad and evil and right decisions, bad decisions. They're just not evolved enough yet. They sure. just need a safe place to figure all that out. So did that, what was the relationship like with you and your sister? I would think on, on some level, it's like, Hey, we have each other. We better just, we just better make this work. Yeah. I was very, very close. We were close in age too. We were about um, 16 months or so apart. So, okay. which is pretty close in age. And, um, but we were very close because we had the same, experience and um you know even though we grew up um 
with different levels of ability to process that trauma and, and get past it. Uh, she was much better at it than I was. Um, uh, we remained very close, um, un until she died. So, oh, so uh, yeah. So, uh, um, I mean, that was, uh, part of what I do in life is, is, is write books. And, and I, and I wrote a book that came out of her, her journey, um, with terminal brain cancer, but, um, uh, but we are very close because of that kind of shared experience, you know? And Yeah. And that is, it's traumatic. So then, so how did it show up for you? So you come from this experience, you don't feel safe, you don't feel secure, trust, you know, you don't have a sense of, of trust. And that is, I mean, this is foundational. So it mm -hmm. can't help but impact other areas of life. How did it show up as you started, you know, growing up or, or even as, as you were young and moving forward? Well, it was one factor of a number of factors that um, that led me down not not a great path in my first you know thirty years, thirty five years of life. Right, my my when I was eighteen, I, I left home under not good circumstances, um, but it was a way for me to be able to leave home and be on my own. Three days later, I had a gun to my face and <clears throat> I was homeless. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, so like. Like the second I went out, out out into the world, my car broke down in Vegas, and and somebody robbed me at gunpoint. I was done. And so it's what like, did you do? oh man, that's a long story. But I just I, I walked into a Jack in the Box and 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 begged for a job, and and uh, they gave me one, and found out I wasn't, I didn't have a place to live. So so the manager let me stay with her, and yeah, you know, one thing led to another. I mean, eventually. I'm running a hundred million dollar business for a major Wall Street firm, so I mean, it, it ends up as a good story, right? But, but each step along the way, like I like I didn't know what I was doing. I just was I just found problems, and and some of those problems were life uh, uh, dealing me a bad cars, and a lot, but most of my problems were. I didn't know. I, I I didn't. I couldn't lean into anything. I didn't. I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any groundedness. I I I didn't. I didn't have anybody I could trust to ask questions of. Do you know? Like I I just couldn't. I had to figure it all out on my on my own, and I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and on some level, you know, those those situations probably felt so familiar. So it makes such sense why you'd go from one uh, sort of toxic situation to the next to the next. It's it's like that's all you knew. So was there was there a moment or a turning point where you realized, wow, this 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 isn't working for me anymore? You know, it, you're it, there's such a great question after the comment that you just made because um, if you didn't make that comment, you wouldn't understand the depth of your question. So what what? Um, so yes, everything that I did was a mistake. Every problem that I I, I found was a, a problem I tried to solve, like for whatever reason. And shock to anybody listening. Sorry if I'm cliche-ish, but I ended up marrying my mom, right? Mm -hmm. um, a very angry, uh, very miserable, bitter person. And uh, she was a she was a violent alcoholic. So I was I was in a I was in a really bad state. I had four-year-old twins who I, I needed to get them to safety because it was getting a little rough for them too. And I remember that moment. I was sitting with a friend of mine uh, and I was lamenting to him again and again and again. But this time I was just like going off like, 
this thing here and this person there. And why, why do I'm always, you know, and I'm just complaining about everything in my life. And look, I got a lot of good things in my life too, but I was really at a low in my personal life. And he stood up and he looked at me and he goes, he goes, dude, he goes, I got to tell you, man, four years I've been listening to this crap. He goes, and I got to tell you something. You're the problem. That's a go, good what? friend. I go, huh? <laughs> I, right. I immediately get up and I'm like ready to take him down. I go, what do you mean? I'm the problem. And I start going over the list again. And he goes, no, he goes, listen, man. He goes, you go out and you find every rabbit animal that you can find every problem and you bring it home and you pet it and you clean it and then you go and 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 then you go to go go to pet it and it bites you and you wonder what the hell was it doing and it doesn't know any better dude why why don't you look at yourself why do you need to find so many problems why 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 do you find your worth in trying to fix things that can't be fixed because you're the problem yeah. and okay we only hear what we hear when we hear it. Right. But that was the moment when I heard like, maybe I'm the, I'm the problem. And what, what I like to say is that I learned a lot of tremendously valuable lessons up, up until that point, but I had never picked up my head and said, Hey, can you apply any of them to yourself? And, and you know, there's that saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And sometimes we need that shakeup. And I know, you know, when we're, when we're hit with something so unfamiliar, the, like the response is, you know, you're crazy. That's not true. This and that. But when we do have some time to think about it and we, you know, when we kind of process it a little bit, there's something about it that can land. And when it does, it could be such a turning point for our lives. So what happened with you? Was it a process where you were like, I'm sure you were angry at him and thinking, oh, he's crazy, not a good friend. And then it sort of morphed into something else. Tell us about it. Yeah, I drove I drove home. I mean, we were, I, 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 we each had a boat. I had a boat, you know, Long Beach, he, he did too. And we were sitting on our boats and I drove home and I went, you know what, maybe he's right. Like, maybe he's right. And the next day I, I remember um, having that thought in my head the whole time, like, all right, maybe. And I remember putting my kids to sleep. We, we were out of, you know, out of the house into safety at that point. And I remember putting my kids to sleep and I walked into my bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I spent, and I'm not exaggerating. I probably spent 45 minutes talking out loud to myself, like, dude, like, who are you? And I'm staring at myself in the mirror going, who's a stranger looking at me? Like, I, I don't even know you. Like, like, what are you all about? And, and, and I just made a list, you know, in my head, I said, okay, so you're a smoker, you're overweight, you're good at your job. You want to be a good dad. You're horrible at picking relationships. All you ever do is, is want to make people love you because you know that nobody loves you. I I'm making like this honest assessment of myself. And it was like, every time I said something that was true, I was like, ah. Oh, it feels so good. Like, like, like I was just trying to figure it out, like take an honest assessment because we're so easily uh, living in denial or, or making it through the circumstances that we found ourselves in that we're just not able to assess or whatever. We're just, you know, like you just deal with the issue. You don't, you don't, you know, understand the, the greater, the greater meaning of it. 
And, and I'll stop so, you. I have to stop you right there because one of the biggest yeah. things I see is, especially when it comes to betrayal, there's so much pain, there's so much heartbreak, so much anguish, and 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 it could be repeat betrayals. It could be stemming from childhood. All these things. And then what so many people do is they use food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, whatever it is, anything to numb, avoid, and distract themselves from what's so painful to feel or face. And mm-hmm. but they they're trying to outrun the issue. And that's exhausting. And then the stakes get, you know, the, that, that noise, that voice gets louder. So the stakes get bigger. And then there's that moment like you had in the mirror. And that's where uh, there's that willingness to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, uh, you know, I didn't know this going, going into, which was a pretty massive transformation in, in who I would become was pretty it was a pretty massive transformation on many 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 levels and i would have known it at the time but but i know positively that there's the 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 equation for me was three steps and that was step number one right is is how hard is it to take an honest assessment of you which includes uh, leaning into the things you're proud of, or the things that you're good of, or the things that you feel you feel um, are 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 a power of yours, even if you're living in a world of hurt and a world of trauma and negativity or whatever, you still it, still have to be able to to lean into your positives. But also, you know, I mean, once you're willing to accept that you're the problem, then I guess that's the first step of being open and going, okay, well, how do I fix the problem? Well, let's let's be honest about it, right? So. So number one was was that I think over a period of time, the, the second step, which is I think really hard for people to do, is is just let it go. Like free your mind, forgive yourself, just let it go. And and it's really hard to do because it's so easy to hang on to you know, anger, it's just such a, it can be self-protecting, right? Because if you, if you're, especially as a result of being betrayed, um, you know, you want to hang on to something that you, it's tangible that can, can hold your trauma and your angst, right? But you just got to let it go. You know, what's so interesting about, about uh, the letting go piece too. I'm so glad you said that because so many people are afraid to let it go because that's who they know themselves to be and it's become their identity. And we don't want to leave without knowing where we're headed. So it's, it's, well, if this is who I am, I don't know who I am without this. And one of the, one of the, the secret hacks here, everybody is you create that version of who you want to be because then you know who you're moving towards. So this way it's not as terrifying mm-hmm. to let everything go because it's not your identity. It's just it's just a set of habits and experiences that became, you know, what you did, but it's not who you were. So, okay, I'm so glad you brought that up. So letting it go, go was number two. What's number three? And that's a, that's a, yeah. And that's a process, right? It doesn't, you don't just snap and forget, right? Oh, just forgive someone as a forgiveness is a process, right? I had to forgive myself for making so many bad decisions and going, okay, you didn't know any better, but now you do. Right. You heard for 20 years, you should not be smoking, but now you heard it. So just forgive yourself. You didn't do it five years ago. You're doing it today. Like it's a process, right? Of forgiving yourself. And number three, the, the way I can tell and you. And you know what? I want to just jump on that too. Yeah. Before you get to number three, there's, there's such power in decision. 
And so many people are so stuck, and, and, and I want you to hear what he just said, everybody. So many people are so stuck with, but I've been smoking for 20 years. But look at it like this. If you did not make that decision, who knows how many more years you'd be smoking. So what's the difference? Catch it now. So 20, 30, 40, whatever the amount of years, it stops that day. It stops with decision. So I right. love that you said that. Yeah. And, and thank you. And, and, you know, one of the things I did when deciding when to quit is I, I did some math and I said, okay, so you've smoked 250,000 cigarettes in your life. In fact, at one point, cigarettes were so important to me because when I was homeless, I had 56 cents in my pocket and most of a carton of, of, of cigarettes in the back. And that's what I had for like three days was just cigarettes, right? I didn't have any food. And it was just like this emotional thing for me. And I remember doing the math going 250,000 cigarettes. Okay, well, how about you don't do 250,001? Like, no, just don't do it, right? It's like, okay, you can't do anything about the 250,000. So just don't do 250. You didn't know any better. Right? I love that. And it's it's that. hard. It's so it's so hard and I, and I don't want to sound preachy or, or prescriptive or anything like that, but it's just like, if you could forgive yourself, if you could just allow yourself to say, okay, I didn't know any better. Like now I do, but now I do, I'm armed with the information now. So what I do now is important because I didn't know before. And think about how much time, effort, energy, expense we spend on, but this is what I did and this is who I was and these were the choices I made and, and we drown, we drown in all of that where it's like you, no matter what you say, think, feel or do, you're not going to do anything about that number. It will not change. I did, it's so interesting you say this. I did this with one of our members in the PBT Institute the other day. He was saying how, you know, it's decades of going over his betrayal, going over, going over. And I, and I, we did the math and I was like, okay, it's, it came out to 19 million. Something oh my God. Right. And I was like, okay, so you can't undo the 19 million, but all you can do is add to it if you don't do something different. Yeah, that's so, that's so absolutely true. And, you know, I, I, uh, it, it's in many areas in your life, right? Like, like just in, in that same small period of time, like I had read about, written about, um, seen a hundred movies about the concept of marrying your mother, right? Like I'm a smart guy. I'm very observant. Okay. But one day at the very end of that relationship, my, uh, my ex-wife in a, in a, in a screaming match, you know, completely drunk. Went, I'm not your mother. And I went, Holy crap. You're exactly my mother. <laughs> How are you so stupid that you didn't know that David? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God. She, how did I not know it? But then you're when I knew it, know. I'm just like, okay, well, that's the problem. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I didn't, how are you that dumb that you didn't know it? Well, stop beating yourself up. You didn't know it, but you know it now. Beautiful. Right. And that, and that's, that's the important thing, but, but uh, leaning into uh, step three for me, I'll just tell it to you in a story. So very early on I, what I used, I leaned into uh, being athletic. I, I didn't, I hadn't been athletic my whole life. And I thought, well, if, if I'm going to quit smoking and I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to be healthy and, I, and I'm going to work through issues. I can't, I can't swim and smoke at the same time, right? I could bike and run, but not really. You can't really run and, and smoke at the same time. So I'm going to start doing these things. And I got addicted to it, not in a running away from, but in a, it's a healthy thing I could lean into. 
And so a, a very early on, maybe three, four months into this like transformation of looking in the mirror and then moving forward, I entered a rollerblade race that was 87 miles long. Oh, wow. Athens, Georgia to Atlanta, Georgia. It was a race. I don't know if they still do it, but they had done it for about 30 years. And it's like this most ridiculous athletic event. An overweight smoker who doesn't have any athletic ability has no business doing this thing. Right. And, 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 but I entered it just for the heck of it. And I started to do it. And about 30 miles in, I, I, I was, I was toast. Like I made it 30 miles. I mean, like 30 miles on rollerblades for a guy like me, that's just completely stupid. And I'm, my legs are completely shot. I'm devoid of any energy. I'm leaning over in the hot Atlanta heat. Um, and I, my sweat is so white cause it's so salty. I'm so dehydrated and salty. And I see this like line on the asphalt and I'm turned sideways to a hill. So I don't go downwards. And I'm just like, man, I'm done. And I, and I just was leaning over on my knees and I go, okay, well, you got two options. And I guess either one works. One option is done, go home, let the sag wagon pick you up and look what you did, dude. Like, but you go home and you know, like every limit about yourself, you know, everything about yourself, which I thought was a pretty good thing. Like I, I, I'm in a much better place about knowing everything about myself than I was before. And then I go, but option two is, ah, man, if you could take one step, just go one step past that line, you're going to, you're going to learn something new and, and you're going to learn what you're made of. You're going to learn how to get over something. You're going to learn, you might learn how to, where, where, you got to quit three steps up. I don't know what you're going to learn, but you're going to learn something new. And like six and a half hours later, I made it to the finish line. Wow. And I learned literally, I'm not even exaggerating. I learned probably a hundred lessons that day. Yeah. And all of the events I've ever done, all of the challenges that I've taken, all of the projects that I've um, gone into, I kind of have that picture of me leaning over on my knees and seeing that line going, <clears throat> even if you fail, even if it's something that you're not good at, even if it's something that you shouldn't be doing, you're going to learn, like you're going to learn. So isn't that cool? Like just lean in and just learn. And so uh, amazing. And that's that choice point. That's that defining moment that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And they come up all the time and they're coming they up to show you what you're ready for and what you're made of. What a beautiful story. David, what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Uh, you know, um, I, I, look, I don't have any answers or formulas to what anybody needs or what's best for them. What, what I do know is that what resonates with a lot of people is you find out at some point in your life that you're enlightened as to the issues that ail you. Like you have a different insight into them. And and if you do just embrace that moment and just forgive yourself, you didn't know uh, before that, and then just work on it, whatever work on it means. For me, that was endurance athletics and, you know, working through my issues and, you know, processing trauma and understanding other people's trauma and how they were able to process it and those kind of things, right? That was the leaning into learning part for me. But I think that that what I like to take uh, away is there isn't a single person alive that doesn't have young adult, childhood, adolescent trauma. There isn't a single one of us that isn't probably defined a lot in large part by that. <clears throat> and there isn't a single one of us that doesn't have the ability to just go, okay, I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm going to work on letting it go. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to, I'm going to just take it easy. I'm just going to unburden 
and I'm just going to go forward with a fresh heart. You know, I mean, we have the ability to do that. You know, I love so many things about what you just said. But what I what I love is it, it's the it's the possibility. It's the hope. Trauma doesn't doesn't define you. It doesn't have to keep you stuck. It doesn't just because something happened to you doesn't mean, oh, this is my lot in life and I have to live with it. I found that the most inspirational people in life have typically been through something super challenging. I mean, think about it. It's it's the when you think of any thought leader of our time. They're not teaching us something from like, yeah, life was good, all is well. No, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. something horrific or painful or whatever happened. They figured out the road out of it, and that's what they're teaching. And David, that's what you taught us. Mm-hmm. So I am so grateful for your time, for your uh, for your wisdom, for your insight. Where do we go to learn more about you, your books, and the great work you do? Oh, thanks. Uh, cycleoflives.org is, is, a good, is a good place to go. Um, I do expressive writing workshops with which helps people do, and I I I, I don't charge for them. I, I do them for cancer centers and trauma centers, that type of stuff. But um, you can find out about those, and and that's just helping people uh, with tools to how to reframe that conversation with themselves, right? How, how do we have a different conversation than that inside voice that's always beating us, our, our, you know, beating ourselves up? Um, but psycholives.org, they can find out you know, anything about me, contact me or uh, learn more. It's all, it's all, it's all very positive stuff. All right, everybody, you heard it. So whether you look at yourself in the mirror, whether you hop on a bike, whether you put on some rollerblades, whatever it is for you, there is zero, zero reason to stay stuck. Uh, you know, David is just such a beautiful example of someone who said, you know, don't kind of like my results. And here I am to do something different about it. So I, I really hope this inspired you as much as it inspired me, um, because um, you're just such a great example of transformation and possibility possibility and new beginnings. Thanks so much. Thank you. You can see how David and his sister struggled to feel safe, heard, secure, and how it led to some choices that he later on had to take on if he was going to turn his life around, and he did. Stay in touch with David by going to cycleoflives.org, and we'll have all of his information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. To heal from your past, try these three things that David did. One, take an honest assessment of it all, your positives, your negatives, all of it. Two, let it go. Forgive yourself. Three, movement. Just like David's rollerblade story where he could have stopped, but instead he decided to keep going. We're always so much stronger than we think, and we always have choices in our lives. Now, of course, all this stuff can be hard, and we're here to help. Stop by the pbtinstitute.com where we have everything you need to heal from the trauma of betrayal, the right coaches, classes, community, and so much more. Don't stay stuck. You deserve so much better than that. Join us. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time, and here's to your breakthrough.